You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Howdy, howdy, happy new year. Woo! It's 2022, 2022. and I'm going to call this podcast a party, a new year's yeah. party. I don't know about you, but it's feeling 22. I, see, I'm into music, so Taylor I know Swift. who that is. That's <laughs> Taylor Swift. At first, I was going to say Miley Cyrus, so apparently I don't know music. Uh, no, it's T-Swift. It's T-Swift. Which, I would go to one of her concerts if she decided to revive her country career. Can you I t- name I one would, of her country songs that you enjoy? T- teardrops on my guitar. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. When I think Tim yeah. McGraw, I Our think song? my favorite song, yeah. one you sing all night long. All night long. In the back uh, of the Picture to Burn. See, you're starting to, a little you're starting to blend. Yeah, and you're starting to blend the pop. <laughs> Yeah. No, Picture to Burn was on the exact same album as Teardrops on My Guitar. I can neither deny or confirm the validity of that statement. Okay, any T-Swift fans write into us. I'm not doing that. I'm in fear that this Taylor Swift discussion, (laughs) people are about to hang up. Ooh, yeah. Hang up. You don't hang up a podcast. No, you can't. You can pause it briefly. You can unsubscribe it, but I don't want to even say do that. Don't do that. And if you're listening without having already subscribed. Yeah. Subscribe. Yeah, we've gotten a couple great uh, reviews as well. I great love reviews. them. We would like a little bit more, not to, to boost us up, but it actually gets our podcast out to more people. And I believe that what we're saying is, I think it's beneficial. It is. So, And you know what? I'm going to make a determination this week. Because I can't, something I've learned from Jonathan, something he said, and it, it sounds good. So if oh. it sounds good, it's true. <laughs> if it sounds good, it is. It's true. No, Wait, If no. it sounds good and it's true, why not live it? Yeah. But I can't mandate something I don't model. Hey. Yeah. So I make a commitment today to leave a review and a rating on a podcast. I will make that commitment as well. It will be not ours, obviously. It'll be somebody else's (laughs) podcast. I will subscribe and I will leave a rating. And we encourage you guys. Oh, sorry. You just one-upped it. I said we all do all three. Subscribe. Okay. Rate and review. Triple dip. Oh, yeah, because you do a- You can do a five-star, yeah. four-star. We're going to do all three. And my Listen, review will be honest. It will be an honest rating. I'm, if it's deserving of three stars, this, I'm giving it This three. is our week one of 2022 resolution. Yes. We're doing that. Why don't you join us in that resolution and leave or subscribe to us, our podcast, mm-hmm. leave a rating, and then go ahead and type up a nice little review. Yeah. Actually, it, do, it needs to be honest. So if you have something to say- that you maybe you want changed, then go ahead and do it. I'm not afraid. Yeah. New Year's resolutions can be good things. Yeah. Maybe you have some different ones. Obviously, Jonathan fulfilled one of his New Year's resolutions, and that was to not enter this podcast with an accent, yeah. which he did. He's, he's his normal self. But now that's now I'm thinking about it. So he might have an accent. So there's some that are greater and there's some that are lesser, but maybe one of your New Year's resolutions has to do with eating habits, which seems mm. that's in most line- people's. Which seems in line with what we're talking about on this podcast. It says chewing your food. I want to give you a little insight of John as a young child. (laughs) I'm not very good at chewing. I like to inhale food instead of chewing it. You're very fast. I am a very fast eater. One of the fastest you'll ever meet. The fastest I've ever met this side of the Mississippi. No, but seriously, have you ever met an eater who's as fast as me? So John and I would work maintenance together and we would have 30 minutes for lunch. We'd drive to McDonald's. By the time we got ordered and sat down, we had 
roughly 10 minutes to get back to the church. So that means we had to eat in under five. And John would order two two burgers, big burgers, mm-hmm. like triples, triple cheese, right? Or double cheese. What'd double you get? cheese. McDoubles. Yeah. McDoubles. And by the time I was like done like preparing what my sandwich, he was already halfway through his second sandwich. And then he's like, gotta go to the bathroom, we gotta go. I'm like, dear Lord, <laughs> help me. Yes. I'm gonna choke. And I'm gonna say this has been a lifelong thing of yeah. trying to slow down my eating habits. Going all the way back to when I'm like eleven years old at summer swimming lessons. I would do swimming lessons every day of the summer. There was an older gentleman by the name of Bob Georgie. Huh. And uh he <laughs> found interest in trying to help me eat food slower because my mom would bring pizza and different things to eat after swimming lessons. And he told me as a child, his parents would make him chew at least 50 bites, chews before he swallowed every bite. He said, try it, John. So I'm there like, he's like, what do you notice? He's like, I'm like, there's nothing to eat. And I was a chunky kid. And he looked at me, he's like, you'll lose weight if you chew that often. 50 wow. bites. And I felt bad for him. I feel like that was not a very good childhood to grow up that way. No. My grandpa told me I got to chew my steak 20 times. 20 times. Before I swallow. It must have been something from the older generation. Yeah, Maybe it was so. an honorable thing on how Maybe. you chew food. Maybe they were just trying to keep you from not dying. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can also choke. It prevents choking. But I'm not really talking about our natural eating habits. But as we've mentioned many times in this podcast, what happens naturally often has to do what happens spiritually. And we're talking about the meaning of meditation and meditating on the word of God. And we find most of the references for meditation in the Old Testament. It's a very deeply ingrained uh, Judeo-Christian practice, but specifically in the Jewish faith, which before Jesus, that's what we go off of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. There's a lot on meditate. And if you boil down the different words for meditate, the meaning of this is to to ponder, dwell on and mutter the scripture to ourselves so that it starts to take root in our hearts. Mm. So we could say you have to chew on it. Ponder, dwell, speak. It's like chewing food. It is. It's like eating it and spitting it up and eating it again as a cow. (laughs) Right? Wait a minute, John. I thought that was some new age stuff. (laughs) Meditating. Well, we're going to get into that. I'm going to ask the question so you can prepare your thoughts, Jonathan, on what's the difference between Christian meditation and Buddhist meditation, new age meditation, mindfulness, these principles that are actually really gaining a lot of traction nowadays. What's the difference between what we do as a Christ follower and what's the difference between what happens in other religions? But- how do these natural things like chewing our food naturally and chewing the scripture, how can they come together? And I just want to say one of the main things that is great about chewing your food is you actually extract more nutrients from whatever you're eating. Have you ever noticed yeah. like the difference between like drinking a juice opposed to blending a smoothie? You get a lot more out of it if you eat a smoothie than you do if you juice something because you lose so many nutrients. I didn't know that. Yeah. Juicing. If you watch a juicer and all that stuff that goes out of the juicer that you just throw in the trash and it looks like poop coming out of a juicer, (laughs) that's good for you to actually chew on as you eat. You get Mm. more out of whatever you're participating in. Yeah. I don't know if this is true, but I think the more you chew your food, the easier it is for your body to break it down and you actually use it. Exactly. And that leads me to the second thing that naturally happens that you can look at. You manage your weight better. Mm. You eat less when you chew your food more. 
So how does that connect spiritually? Well, first off, I want to ask you how much nutrients are being extracted from your devotional time or for the Sunday message. Let me ask you, can you give me one of pastor's main points from Sunday's (laughs) message? How often? I'm not going to put you on the spot, man. I'm sure you probably can. I referenced one this morning. Okay. Well, it's afternoon time for us. What's that? What was uh, that? You have to conceive God's plan, right? Um, that was the second step yep. in His. You have to Christmas. consider yourself highly favored. Yes, of God. That Amen. was number one, and you got to believe it and, or receive it. Yep. One of those. You have to conceive it, believe it. Rece- was it receiving it one? But the point is, how often <laughs> have we done this? People will go like, "How was service, man? Good. Great, yeah, so good. Got a lot out of it. Got, can you tell me about it?" It was really good. Yeah. He was wearing a uh he was wearing jeans and a nice suit jacket. <laughs> it's interesting. So that means <laughs> we 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 ate something but we pretty much excreted all of that out which without getting <laughs> any nutrients. Don't excrete the word of God. No, don't excrete the word of God. <laughs> so the word of God I believe should actually be chewed more than we're doing it. I believe mm. a lot of us like to put the word of God in a protein shake, shake it up. And a speed yeah. blender with, you know, like, and then like we chug it because we don't and actually like the way it tastes. Easy. And as long as we can get it out, we think it's good. Wow. But we should really treat the word of God mm. in a much more thoughtful, slow manner wow. and chew our food so we get more nutrients out of it. I just want to say out of that, I know you said this, when you chew, hold on, glory. The more you chew your food, the less you eat. And I want to make this clarification. That the more you chew on the word of God, it doesn't mean the less you eat of the word of God, but it's the less you eat of the things that don't matter. Because the longer the word of God is on your palate and in your stomach, the more there's less time, there's less room, there's less appetite for the things of the world. It's true. You know, I can't be eating the word and eating something else at the same time. No. I just wanted to make that clarification. Well, I, I wanted to talk about that because that was my second point. So first uh, off, nutrients can be extracted. Second off, you manage your weight more. Okay. And I said... Before that, naturally, you eat less when you chew your food more. But how do people get overweight? They eat more calories than they burn. Exactly. So let me ask you this. With your devotional life and your Sunday life, are you, Sunday life meaning the word that you receive mm-hmm. from a church service, from listening to Mike Todd, from Transformation, <laughs> however you're receiving your word, hopefully you're becoming a house plant, planting yourself under the house of God, under a vision from a pastor that got a different subject. (laughs) But how much of that are you actually exercising? Are you actually working out? Because that's another part of it. If you chew it more, you're probably going to live it out and exercise it. The moments in my life where I've gotten the most out of shape, and let me just say it, no political correctness, fat is when (laughs) I was eating a large amount, but I wasn't doing anything with the calories Mm. I was eating. Wow. But I believe... If we just torpedo that thing right down our throats, just take it, eat it, don't chew it, the chances of me actually living out what I'm eating from the Word of God are smaller. So therefore, I'm not going to manage my weight. I'm going to grow thicker, slower to respond, and lethargic. So hey, there's there's natural connections. That's all I'm saying. Uh, wow. so let's look at the Bible. This is, this is big. Joshua 1, 8. This is what we talk a lot about when it comes down to meditating the word of God. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We mentioned last week in our podcast on honor about honoring our father and mother, for it is the first commandment with a promise. What? That you will live a long life and that it'll go well with you. Yeah. Uh, but here's another one that says, this is how you live a prosperous lice. Lice. <laughs> Let's- lice are... I don't want to declare. They, I don't want those to prosper, bud. No. I keep calling you. I've called you bud three times. Hey, I, you're I older actually than me. I apologize. You don't need to apologize. This is my uh, way to understand. Long and prosperous life, not lice. <laughs> I want to go back to what you were saying about bud because it would oh, be fun. Go ahead. Here's the standard on bud. Somebody yeah. can call you bud if they're older. It's okay. Yeah. You're older than me. You can call me okay. bud. The moment someone younger than me calls me bud, it bothers you me. You want to punch them in the Here's face, which is thing. dishonorable. I just want to say this. My wife has called me buddy a few times. Hey, I'll tell buddy. you what. Listen, my wife is older than me, but there's still something about a wife calling yeah. you buddy. That That's like when a mom says well. to a sick child, hey, buddy, you feeling better? I'm your husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully a little more nurturing than that. But yes, I, I have a hard time with that. But exactly. This is a key way to live a prosperous and successful life. But are we valuing meditating on God's word to the degree? If we believe this is the way to live a prosperous and successful life, to chew God's word, to have it assimilated into our body and cause us to grow, are we putting that value on meditating the word of God? Because if we believed, that's the key to meditate on the word of God. It's going to cause me to be prosperous. I'm going to gain more money and I'm going to live a significant, successful life. We'd be doing it. Full disclosure. Wow. I'm not believing that scripture by the way I'm living my life. Ouch. So honest. I want to be. Is this podcast going to be real or not? It is real. Hey, I want to say this. I was thinking about professional food tasters, even wine tasters. What they do is they'll, you know, They'll meditate. <laughs> too. They'll chew on the food, right? And they, they'll cogitate and excogitate, right? Because they need to try and get all the flavor out and really recognize, oh, hey, there's some salt here. Ooh, I think I sent some paprika here. And that's the difference between a food taster and someone who's just eating. They go, oh, yep, that's barbecue. And then you eat it. But a food taster is going to keep it in their on their palate long enough to be able to distinguish distinguish every single flavor, every single spice, maybe not every single, but as many as they can. It's the same thing with the word of God. Yeah. When you chew on that thing, the reason why you don't move on to the next bite, sometimes, you know, cogitate and excogitate, that's kind of gross, but a cow will swallow something and then like bleh, back into their mouth and chew on it again. Yeah. That's a really gross analogy. But with the word of God, you don't want to be so quick to move on to something else because you can extract so much more out of that one principle, like literally one verse in the Bible is enough to chew on for the entire week. I, I agree. And have you, are you aware of like the abide app? The yes. Abide? I, yeah. They I had that a, for a while. They take a contemplative approach to scripture and they, they ask you to think about certain things as the scripture goes. And it can seem kind of new agey and kind of weird at times for me, but I think Jesus really, asked us to live that kind of life where we're contemplating things. Because uh, I was thinking about a food critic or is that what you yeah, said? It's a professional taste tester. I don't know. Food okay. critic is the is the right way to say it. They, they contemplate the food and try to draw out tones of different yeah. things. So Jesus was talking to 
a lot of the religious day was all about taking the scripture and just like, I know it, I know it, I know it. I'm robotic. I yeah. pray it. Uh, Repeat it. And Jesus said, go and look at the birds. Yeah. And this is the way the kingdom is. Oh, go look at the grass in the field. Wow. It takes a much slower, sit down, chew on it approach to the scripture. But hey, let's go back to the Old Testament. Here's another scripture we commonly quote on meditating. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. This is Psalm 1, 1 through 2. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. And he meditates day and night. Again, we saw that in Joshua 1, 8. Day and night. Here's David in the Psalm. Day and night. And this is what always amazes me about this scripture. We think about meditating on the word and we like to focus on scriptures like Luke 6, 38. Given, it'll give be given back to me. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Right Praise on. God. That's a promise Sweet. for me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Delight myself in the Lord and he shall give me the desires of my heart. David wasn't delighting on that stuff. He says delight in the law of the Lord. Yeah. He had Genesis. Yeah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He's like, man, I meditate on that. And that's the delight <laughs> of my heart. Pentateuch, man. Mm. Mm. I love it. I don't mix that cotton with the other type of clothing. Glory to God. <laughs> he meditated on that stuff and he found life in it. How much more us under a new covenant Amen. with new and better promises can we find delight on the mm. word and promises of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. Anything you want to you jump take in Take a on? breath, dude. I know. I'm just so excited about this. This is something I'm working on because I'm convicted. I'm convicted that I'm not living my life really growing in the scripture. And this is another thought that has come up. If I really assimilated and this word that I'm chewing became a part of my life, I would know more of it. Mm. I think I know a decent amount of scripture, but I'm reminded of something that you were challenged on at a youth camp mm. when a lady asked, how yeah. old are you? Yeah, I was like... 15, 15 at the time. And she, she asked you, give me 15 Bible verses. And it's like, are you kidding me? Quote from memory, 15 Bible like, verses? She's like, you couldn't dedicate one verse a year. I'm like, well, I was like one at the time. But the principle remains. The principle remains. Yeah. Can you imagine, hey, can you memorize one scripture a year? I could now. And it'd be like, well, totally. But we don't. But we don't. We don't. We're not living that kind of lifestyle. Uh and I think that just comes down to this. It's in the New Testament. Paul warned, and he really gave an example of what happened to Roman society in the day and said, this is why they ended up in such depravity. And we can find it in Romans one twenty-eight. Let me read it. This is what Paul said. Since these people refused to even think about God, he let their useless minds rule over them. That's why they do all sorts of indecent things. So I'm just, I mean, let's get real. How easy is it to lose our thoughts on God? I mean, we're called to pray without ceasing. <laughs> Who's living that? I mean, that's a command from the Bible. We're in sin to a degree. I'm being really harsh. Yeah. I'm not trying to be. I'm smiling right now. None of these are things are supposed to be spoken in condemnation. But in contemplation to think, how can I grow in these avenues of life? Not condemnation, but contemplation. I like that. Good. Getting a check up from the neck up. (laughs) So how can we practically meditate on the word? And after this, maybe we'll go into the specifics of how does this look differently than Eastern meditation. We can end that way. But how can we practically meditate on the word? Well, I just want to say... It's okay. We need to slow down. I think we Mm -hmm. need to slow down. We need to slow down our consumption. 
just like chewing our food. And we need to slow down enough to be able to meditate yeah. on these things. Yeah, I would say some people, and I'm not, no condemnation here, right? But they go, my goal is to read the Bible in a year. And you're like, awesome, great. Which there's the saying, quality over quantity. And a lot of times when it comes to the Bible and these things, we kind of have it opposite. You know, today I read an entire chapter in the book of, you know, Matthew. Oh, amazing. What was the key key takeaway? You might be able to tell me. Not might be the way you study. Amazing. But what's really beneficial for me, and I think what this whole podcast is alluding to, is breaking it down into smaller bite-sized chunks and stretching that out and meditating on it as long as you can until you get uh, sometimes multiple revelation f- revelations from one single scripture. Which we can hear even in the heart of what John says in his epistle in saying, behold what manner yeah. the love the Father has that bestowed means on to us. stop what you're doing and actively pay attention. I to heard something. it's like leaning over a well and looking deep into a well. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's meditating to me. Absolutely. And here's another scripture that we we quote frequently, and I think it has to do on how we can practically meditate on the word. And again, I'm trying to practice this. I'm trying to work through this, realizing I say I meditate on the word and I don't really do it, and it's not growing in my life. What do I need to work on? Listen to this scripture. Psalm 1914, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. It says, Words of my mouth, but meditation of my heart. There's something internal that goes on when meditation's going on. And Jesus told us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. But I noticed I have a hard time accessing certain parts of my heart. It's hard for me to get to a spot where I can sit down and meditate on something. I can slow down enough. Have you ever just tried to be quiet for any amount of time or to be? I mean, how long can you take without talking or even when I'm praying? I'm walking and pacing around because it's hard for me to sit down, mm. close my eyes. I would go into corporate prayer times and watch the lady who plays the violin at our church, Judy. Judy, yeah. She used to, she would stand in one spot and she yeah. would lift her arms. I'm like, those arms got to be getting tired, Her arms girl. have to be tired and she her doesn't move. now, yeah. She doesn't move. And I'm like, wow, it's hard for me. So I have to learn to be able to take out some of that busyness of my own heart to be able to meditate these things. I think of Martha. In what it says in Luke 10, 41 through 42. Let me read it. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pull the why. A why. Pull the why. I go Australian every now and then. I pulled a why, didn't you? <laughs> pulled away by all these many distractions. And I think that's what happens to us when we try to meditate on the word. We get upset and troubled by the different cares of life. We have a hard time quieting ourselves and bringing ourselves together. And I'm just going to go back to what David said in the psalm. Great verse I've been trying to keep in the front of it and meditate on. Psalm 131, 2. This is what he says. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am Mm. content. I think of that verse differently now. Because I have a small child, I have two small children, and uh, I do not feed either of them, but my wife does, (laughs) and sometimes I witness that event. (laughs) uh, Weaning, sometimes you go, when you wean something, when you wean yourself off of something, it doesn't mean that, well, there is an aspect of weaning where you never do it again, like you wean them off of 
off of the breast milk onto, onto normal food. But in this verse, it's saying, as a child who just finished eating, and I look, of, I look at my daughter, Olivia, as soon as she's done eating, she just lays back on Brit and is so stinking content. She's full. She's satisfied. Little milk is dribbling out of her <laughs> mouth. Go. And then she goes to sleep. Mm. And that's what that scripture is talking about. Like a child who's weaned, I am content. Mm-hmm. And so that just has special meaning to me now because I totally get what that's saying. Right. But for me personally, I'm a fast-paced, high-energy guy that doesn't like to slow down. And that concept of getting myself there Mm -hmm. is challenging for me. It's like pulling teeth to slow myself down. But I have noticed how if I can take the time to silence and still myself before the Lord, here's another verse, be still and know that I am God, I can start to not just hear the distraction or share mental and heart space with the word, with distraction. I remove those things so I can fill myself with the yeah. word. And how much more beneficial yeah. and really productive that is. Right. Well, what is it when the Lord was speaking to, was it Elijah or Elisha? Elijah. Elijah. And he brought some really awesome forces of nature in front of him. And God was not in any of those things and the earthquake and the thunder and all of that. He wasn't in any of it, but he was in the still small voice. And sometimes we get upset and we say, God, why aren't you speaking to me? And I kind of am of this persuasion. I think God is always speaking. It's just a matter of if we're listening. Um, and you really got to quiet yourself. And I didn't know that about you. I was wondering, hey, why doesn't John pace anymore when he prays? Well, that's why. That's why. Got, got me some insight. Thank you. And yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that verse on Elijah because I've been trying to just be a little bit more quiet and try to chill out. And I'm like, hey, is this like, I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to practice Buddhism or like meditating, but God doesn't want to compete with all the other distractions in my life. Hmm. And how often when we sit down, we start to pray, we start thinking of distractions like, oh man, I forgot to send this text at work. I got to send it right now. Oh, God will understand. And we let the, have you ever dealt with that? Like you don't think of anything until you try to slow yourself down and then it speeds up again Mm -hmm. until you crucify that. And you go, no, I'm going to choose to meditate on God in this. And I'm not going to be heard for my many words, but my connection with the Lord and be like Mary. And in those moments, sit with Jesus at his feet. And that one principle in his word that he's communicating to me right now is the only thing I'm meditating on. Did Mary say anything to him? Does it say that? I don't even remember hearing it. No, I think she was just enthralled with who he was. Exactly. But going back to what I think I was going to say is that word for still small voice, actually the Hebrew wording for it, they couldn't find a way. It means sheer silence. We didn't speak at all. But And the interesting <laughs> thing is the earthquake, the wind, and the fire, those yeah. were all ways God had spoken in the past. In the past. But he's saying, no, I'm going to speak to wow. you in this way. And God, and I just think that speaks to God not wanting to compete with you. So- mm. Last question, maybe for the day. What's the difference between Eastern meditation and biblical meditation? Well, I think that some of that meditation can be rooted in some godly biblical uh, concepts, because um, a lot of it is about quieting your own mind, and you practice breathing techniques, you slow your heart rate down. All of that stuff is going to help you hear God more, but the difference is a lot of that is really only affecting the physical. They like to say it's affecting spiritual, but I think only 
uh, biblical Christian meditation based on the word, which we believe is life and truth, can really affect your whole being, spirit, soul, and yeah, body. I think good. these other ones only touch on two, even though they want to really touch on the spiritual aspect of it. If God's not involved, um, I don't think much is happening. And so much of that, if you have learned or heard any of it, is to remove all things mm-hmm. and just to become nothing. But there's a purpose in when we're meditating, we're not just removing everything. There may be the process of removing those distractions at the beginning, but we're filling it with God's word. We're filling it with his presence. We're filling it with his focus. It's not just the removal of something. It's the removal of something to add God's life. Yeah, that's good. Uh, backtracking just a little bit when you said that all those ways, uh, you know, the the fire, the earthquake, and the wind was how God spoke before. And so many times we're expecting God to speak in a very certain way and we limit him in how he's going to speak to us. And so we prepare ourselves, you know, it's like if you're used to the car, you know, when you cross the street, always coming from the left. So you always turn and you prepare for the car to come from the left. Some one day it might come from the right. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to see it. Um, I'm not saying you're going to get hit. And by if a you're car, so busy but, to where right. you only have time to look left, right. you're not going to be open for anything. But I don't want to limit how God can speak to me and how God can operate. We put him in a box and say, you did it this way. So you have to do it this way again. And to just the, the way you can receive from God, however he wants is exactly what you're saying. Quieting yourself, being still and letting him speak. Mm-hmm. And if I have to wrap up today, I just say Bible lays it out right there in Joshua 1, 8. This is the way to make your way prosperous and to have good success. And if we believe it, we'll live it. The yeah. best apology we could give God for not living according to his word is changed behavior. So yeah. if that's the way to really grow in our life with God and to have a successful, significant life, to meditate on his word and be changed by it, let's put some action. Let's mm-hmm. get, let's put the rubber to the road. I don't right. have another way to say it. Well, but, I'll give um, you my wisdom of the day. Okay. If you'd like to go there. I'll, I'll go there after you go there. All Absolutely. Right. I would say I really liked when you were talking about the natural comparison to chewing food and how when people gain weight, it's because they eat more than they burn. And so you can consume the word of God. That's awesome. But if you're not exercising it, you're going to become spiritually fat. So I like that too. And I was just going to say that's my wisdom of the day. Again, whenever a natural principle lines up with a spiritual principle, it's easier for me to really lay hold of. And that's it. Nutrients are extracted if we chew it more. Next time somebody asks you about what happened on Sunday, try to remember one thing. Secondly, you get the opportunity to actually live what you've received more when you slow it down. And honestly, that's why we do the wisdom of the day. It's a way of saying out of all the things that we talked about, what is the one thing that we can meditate on from this so we can sow it into our life and grow by it? So for me, it is. As I practice chewing food slowly, I'm going to also chew the word of God slowly and get everything it has for me because man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. You want me to pray? I would love for you to pray, man. I would love to pray. So that sounds like a a recipe for success. All right. Father God, I thank you for your word. Uh, Just as... David said in the psalm that he delights in your word, that he chews on it, he feasts on it, and he's satisfied. I pray that we would be the same way, Father, that we wouldn't see it as 
just an ancient text, but something that's alive and active and that if we chew on it, we can get something out of it and it will cause change in our lives. Help us to slow down, to quiet ourselves, to clear the mechanism and let you speak to us in however you're going to speak to us, Father God, and that it would that it would produce changed behavior as we move on into this new year. We thank you. We love you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, y'all. All right. Thank you for joining us. Set some resolutions this year. Maybe not resolutions. Set some good goals. Got goals? That's an episode. Got goals, yeah. I can't remember what I said in that, but it was... Uh, About standing in the stream. Yeah. No. Uh, Rick Warren said that just an idea um, without a plan is just a dream, but you make it a reality with a deadline. So set a goal and give it a deadline and watch yourself uh, change this year. And remember, we have a goal for this week, which is to subscribe to a podcast. Yep. Rate. Rate it and and give it a review. And we'll be eagerly waiting for you next week on the Sewing and Going podcast.